Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, back with the main feed episode took yesterday, no, took Monday off last week to uh, celebrate me, celebrate my birthday, take a couple days off. I went to see the Beyond the Blinds show that weekend. It was so fun. Shout out to everybody who said hello. Um, It was a a real treat for me. I get really shy. (laughs) So hopefully anybody who met me didn't think that I was like a total jerk. I just get like, I can't believe that you guys like know what I look like. So it's just very like overwhelming, but in a good way. So thank you because all of you guys were so nice. Speaking of nice, um, shout out to all of you guys who have come here from the Hollywood crime scene neck of the podcasting world. As you guys know, I did an episode with Rachel and Desi all about season two of Love is Blind, both on the main feed and the Patreon. So I did not explain this. Um, we did a very good long episode on the main feed. However, we did like another Patreon. I did explain this at the end of the episode. (laughs) There was like another like gosh, like almost 30 minutes, maybe, maybe even closer to 40 minutes of um, predictions and stuff like that. It was such a fun talk. And I have to shout out to you guys because like the people over at Hollywood Crime Scene, your the listeners are so nice. Every time we record something together, I get messages being like, oh, I heard about you guys. I heard about you from Hollywood Crime Scene. Like, and it's just such a, a nice little organic situation. I love when... 
you know, you find new people just in a fun, organic way, just like three girls having a little kiki about Shake and his very clear um, issues. More about that later. <laughs> so um, with that, I figured March is Women's History Month. So I wanted to talk about women, all women this week. Um, it's going to be a good time, the good, the bad, the ugly. So let's get into it. You guys know that I usually like to start on a negative note, but I'm actually going to continue on with my can I get a hell yeah um, and give that to one former Nickelodeon star, Amanda Bynes. So she last week had just um, decided to end her file to end her conservatorship. Um, she was put in the, to that in 2013, you know, after she went to LA and set somebody's driveway on fire. A uh, little known fact, you guys, I saw her, she was in New York, gosh, maybe two weeks before that happened. And I happened to see her. I was walking home and it was late. It was like 1am late, right? And I'm walking home and I see this person riding a bicycle in a real bag party city wig. And as they're coming closer to me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's Amanda Bynes. So as I said, it's like one o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black. Uh, she's wearing sunglasses, um, like an American apparel style zip up hoodie. And she has a little tiny dog nestled betwixt her breasts inside of this hoodie. Um, I happened to be walking right past the cop at the time. And he was like, who was that? And I was like, that's Amanda Bynes. And he could not believe it. Like, you guys remember during this time, she was in the headlines like every day. Um, but it seems like everybody agrees from her parents, um, and, and herself believe that her situation has really improved and that she is capable of making her own decisions. She's really come a long way in the time since she's, you know, been struggling with her mental health. I think she went to fashion school and yeah, it seems like she's really like actively working towards getting herself together. So her mom is her conservator, but like I said, both of her parents uh, are totally down with her getting out of it. Uh, the lawyer's fine with it. Everybody, including Amanda, is fine with it. So good for her. Like, this is the sort of situation that you want to see. I mean, if you ever find yourself, if one ever finds himself in a situation, you the the dream is that you are able to take the steps to be autonomous and take care of yourself and not your, find yourself in a, you know, Britney situation. So hell yeah, Amanda, like we're we're rooting for you. I love you. We all love you, and I'm happy for her. Now, moving back to the chaos and negativity, I want to talk about our girl for the week. This girl has been a long time coming. I've been actively avoiding because y'all know that I really don't fuck with Lauren from Utah, a.k.a. Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules. I just find her presence to be abrasive, and this is not how I always felt. There was a season where she was, like, fake being a feminist, and I quite liked her then, but now, like, what are... <laughs> What are we doing? It seems like every week there's another um, podcast or screenshot that she's dropping, iOS press report, interview with Page Six. It's like a slow 
rollout of the bad things that happened in her relationship with Randall since he got caught in a, you know, hotel in Nashville with some whoever the fuck, right? Um, So she just posted this just a few days ago. Let's talk about it. I was alone during most of my pregnancy and for the first seven months of her life until the mask fell and I saw who he really was. He started a relationship with a 23-year-old in March of 2021, the month I gave birth. They quote-unquote traveled together while I was home with Ocean and working on my brand. Okay. Um, I thought he was working because that's what he said he was doing. After the pictures surfaced, I tried to leave the home to gain clarity and avoid a toxic environment for my daughter. But anytime I did, he threatened to call the police if I didn't return Ocean to the home. But if he felt we were good and he was in control again, I was able to leave the house. I did what I had to do to leave the relationship with my baby. His new 23-year-old girlfriend was basically living in the home two days after I left. Sadly, this isn't the most shocking thing I learned. Women and cheating are just the tip of the iceberg. I was able to get out, but now my daughter is in the hands of a broken court system. Narcs thrive when they are under the microscope. I'm not blind to what's going on, though. It makes me sick what my sweet daughter's face, a picture that I took and sent him, by the way, is what pops up when he does his dirty work. I guess maybe Ocean is his screensaver. Okay, here's the thing. We all knew this, girl. Like, Everybody's been telling you since the very beginning when you were the other woman, when you were obviously the other woman, when you were very clearly in a relationship with a man who was married because you could not and would not say his name on camera for years. You were getting people to sign NDAs. Obviously, people had to, you know, did their digging and figured it out. And you had to do the slow rollout of the uh, at making this relationship public. And now you're acting like we're supposed to be shocked by any of this information, girl. Like we don't, people don't just say like how you get them is how you lose them. There's a reason for that. <laughs> like, I just don't know what she wants us to do with this information because we've already had it. Like, yeah, of course you were going to get replaced by the next young thing when you were heavily pregnant and you know, like, yeah, girl, I I mean, I'm sorry. That sucks. But like people warned you, you actively courted this man while he was in a relationship. I don't know what it is that you expected. Now you're saying like, you've been playing like happy family all this time. Everything's perfect. He's my rock. He's a damn good man. He's a good father. And now you're saying that this whole time your relationship was shit, which we all knew. (laughs) So like, I don't know what you want us to do. I don't know what she wants. And I feel like kind of this information keeps coming out because it's just little bits of in, of of attention that she can get. She knows she can't like do anything with this. <laughs> like nobody's gonna. They didn't buy her first book. They're not gonna buy the second. So now she's just gotta like uh, sprinkle these nuggets of information. But again, what part of what she said was shocking? He, he cheated on you. He lied to you. He said that he was places that uh, he wasn't, and that he was doing things that he wasn't actually doing. Yeah, wild. Just like you said that um, you, in an interview I saw, she said a couple weeks ago that in regard to 
the beginning of she and Randall's relationship, you know, when he was fully married, that, oh, I didn't know, you know, we were flying here and there and, you know, we were gone for a month and, you know, he was gone for a month from home and I just figured if he could do that, then he must not be in that serious of a relationship. And like, you were that girl. You were this 23 year old. This is you. (laughs) You're telling the story of what happened to you. Girl, if you don't listen to Michael Jackson's man in the mirror and just leave us alone, like, I don't know what she wants. Okay. Next subject. Um, Speaking of other women who should have uh, kept very well alone, do you guys know who Sherry Papini is? Because I'm about to talk about her. So if you don't know, in like November of 2016, she had gone missing. She was supposed to pick up her children from daycare or school or something. And she didn't. People, you know, she's blonde. Need I say more? And so obviously, America was on red alert to find this sweet white blonde woman. Apparently, she had last been seen jogging in her neighborhood. Um, Upon a search, people found uh, her earbuds and her cell phone at some intersection, right? So the search goes on for three weeks. Three weeks later, she's found with... She's uh, out of California. So she's found in this rural part called Yolo County with a chain around her right waist and a brand on her shoulder that she says was inflicted by her captors, right? So they do an investigation. They interview her. She tells her that, excuse me, two Hispanic women uh, held her captive with a handgun. And that's, excuse me, you guys. Um, and they kidnapped her, right? No, These women never came up. The FBI did an investigation. They did sketch artistry. The whole thing. Couldn't find anything. They end up setting a GoFundMe account uh, at some time between her missing that three-week period. And they make a lot of money, like almost 50000 They end up uh, getting money from some sort of victims fund. And... You know, she makes like tens of thousands of dollars off of this situation. So then cut to 2020. Sherry's living her best life and the investigators come up with some questions. So apparently what happened, um, they had had DNA that was found on the clothing that she was kidnapped in, right? And that DNA was put into a database. Those databases are routinely checked for, you know, other crimes, right? And that they found DNA of her ex-boyfriend on the clothing. I guess he had gotten in trouble for something. And so they ask him about the situation. So he blabs the ex-boyfriend. He says that Sherry asked him for help, uh, that she needed to get away. He agreed to drive and pick her up in Redding, California. He takes her to Costa Mesa where he lives and she stays with him. Um, she stayed with him the entire three week period, right? He says he didn't really know what the plan was. If they'd get back together, he he just kind of like went along with this whole situation. At one point, Sherry asks him to brand her, which he did with a wood burning tool. And then after that, she asked to be taken back to Northern California. 
So they were able to corroborate his story because he had receipts from the rental car. Um, he knew information that hadn't been publicly released, phone records, all that stuff. So then they go back and interview Sherry. And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, he's a liar. He's a fake. I am innocent. And those two Hispanic women uh, captured me at gunpoint. And I don't know what they look like, but this definitely for sure happened, right? So this only came out because they did that routine DNA check, the ex, the ex-boyfriend who did not get in trouble for this, or he hasn't as of now. Um, when they interviewed him, he was like, well, I just felt like, you know, <laughs> if you guys came back to me and asked me about it, I would definitely tell you the truth. But like, I wasn't really going to go out of my way to be giving this information. So obviously the investigators are pissed. They waste a lot of resources trying to find not only her, but the, these kidnappers. And like I said, she got uh 30, almost $32,000 out of a victim's fund. And yeah, they're pissed. They're really pissed. So she faces charges of making false statements in, uh, to the law enforcement and engaging in mail fraud. <laughs> so, um, like I said, she, they set up a GoFundMe page called the Bring Sherry Home Safe page. And they found out that not only did she, like, I mean, there was no victim's fund to be uh, pooled or whatever. Um, not only that, but she used that money to pay off her and her man's credit card debt, right? So, like, a month later, after they set up that GoFundMe, $31,000 is taken out and used to pay down credit cards. And from there, they took the rest of the money to uh, uh, line their bank accounts and spend on personal expenses. So, your girl's in trouble. She seems like she's probably going to be on the hook for about 80 racks. Sorry, girl. <laughs> Sorry to that woman. Like, what? I'm constantly asking this question in my mind. Just like when that Hollywood Unlocked guy claimed that he knew for sure that the Queen of England was dead. What was your next move? When you drop information like that, How? what's your next play? Because I would just be riddled with fear. Thank God. I have... The type of shame that keeps me from doing publicly stupid shit privately. Oh, don't even get me started. Like, I'm clown makeup emoji all day long. But publicly, God bless. <laughs> um, with that, let's move on to Kourtney Kardashian. So she did an article with Bustle. This is the uh, anti uh, article that she did with Vogue Arabia, the article that I always reference because it was all about how she was going to be leaving the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians. This happened, gosh, maybe two seasons before the series actually ended, but now she's back with a, you know, a bob and a middle part, a nipple ring and a new man. And she's ready to talk and she's ready to talk about, well, let's just talk about it, right? So the first of all, the very beginning of the article really told a story for me as to the nature of her relationship with Travis. And it was exactly what I thought. Really, this whole thing was like a real revelation for me. And I'll get to it at the end. But the intro, like I said, was exactly what I thought with regard to her relationship with Travis. It was, she's doing an interview with the, the writer and talking about how, the writer's talking about how Courtney's showing her 
her underwear, which is actually Travis's Balenciaga boxer briefs or whatever. And she's talking about how she was spent the night at Travis's the night before and she was going to go back home to change her clothes. But Travis didn't want her to leave. And so she said, okay, well, if you don't want me want me to leave, then I'm going to need you to dress me up in all of your clothes. And so he did. And that just really is like telling love bomb. The love bombing, the I need you, the can't live without you, I can't be away from you for 20 minutes while you pick out a GD outfit, like, and now I'm sitting in your Balenciaga boxer briefs, it's like, (sighs) (laughs) I've been saying this relationship, I feel like, is very flash in the pan, I know that they have that foundation of friendship, but I still just feel like this is, are we gonna get down the aisle? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of felt like if things were going to happen with them, this they would have happened a lot quicker. Like, I felt like we would have gotten a baby announcement or, uh, uh, you know, an elopement at this point. Um, I, I kind of suspect that if she is pregnant, she might announce it at some point pretty soon, like leading up to the premiere, which is only going to be a couple weeks from now. But we'll see. We'll see. I do predict, however, that they there will be some new bombshell piece of Kardashian news coming out before the show, which is not really, I mean, anybody could have predicted that. I, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on that. Anyway, um, so the article goes on to say, this is where I had to have a come to Jesus moment with myself. She talks about how towards the end of keeping up, the show had become a toxic environment for her and how she would fight with Chloe and Kim and how she wasn't in a good place herself. And basically because she was not in a good place, it was like being amplified on the show and she was being portrayed as like a, stubborn, bratty, I don't want to film, I don't want to do the work, you know, I have boundaries, I have a matcha appointment at 3.15, and I can't mi- 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 uh, miss it, so I have to be out of here at a hard 11. So, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, she starts to kind of blame editing about how she became the Courtney character of like Courtney in a bad mood, how she would laugh and smile and be having a good time, but they would only ever, they would edit out all those parts and only ever show her like being annoyed about something. And then it got to the point where she would, you know, if they were filming a scene at Chloe's house, she would have to give herself pep talks about how this is going to be a good day. You know, I can do it, whatever. Right. So she says now that things have changed and I, I, ugh, gosh, this is, this really sent a chill up my spine. So she goes, by the end of keeping up with the Kardashians, um, Courtney had begun what she called a therapy journey. She says that it made her really sensitive. Um, and she says, normally I would have really good comeback insults. Like, well, you're covered in, in uh, cellulite. <laughs> But then I would be like, I have nothing mean to say. I'm not a bitch anymore. And I just have feelings like an abundance of it. So left without her devices of like being a bitch and having clapbacks with her sister, she would just start crying all the time. And this is kind of what I knew would happen. And she also talked about how like they were trying to talk her into her burgeoning relationship with at this time would have been Eunice. Right. So 
I, I just did a like a I don't know how many part series about the Kardashians on my Patreon. If you want to check that out, I did a whole episode. My first episode actually was about Courtney, and I pretty much said this that I knew <laughs> that around this time, Courtney had obviously started therapy. Um, she clearly was trying to keep her relationship with Eunice off the show, and she had set up a lot of boundaries. A lot of boundaries. Clearly, like, her issue or what she felt her issue was at the time was, like, I feel like my life is out of control. So her therapist was like, okay, well, you need to set up boundaries. And she did that with a capital B. Hard. And those boundaries did make her look like a jerk. Because, like I said, she'd be like, you know, it's hard to um, not be annoyed by somebody when... They're waking up at five, six in the morning, getting on with their day and then filming. And then you're saying, oh, I don't want to film. And on top of that, I don't have a job really outside of filming. So all this work that you guys are doing on top of the show, I'm not doing. And uh, I'm also going to make it really hard for you guys to film. (laughs) So I definitely understood why Kim and Chloe were annoyed with her at that time. This, and I just talked to Princess about this, um, begat one of my uh, favorite parts of Kim, which is uh, annoyed Kim and (laughs) pissed off Kim. I mean, my favorite times are when she and Courtney got into that fight in the hallway and her KKW beauty body makeup got all over the wall. And also when Kim snapped at her, Courtney, uh, about not having a job. And maybe if you had something you cared about, uh, you would, you know, but you don't. But Chris backs us up and says, we were probably all just a little too hard on Courtney. I think that we had to realize that not everybody's going to have that thing that kickstarts every morning at 5 a.m. and runs until you fall down at the end of the day. That's me. That's Chloe. That's Kim. That's Kylie. That's Kendall. (laughs) But then it says, through a representative, Courtney says that she wakes up at 6 a.m. earlier than two of her siblings. (laughs) But Chris goes on to say, I think maybe we just expected to drag Courtney right along there with us, whether she liked it or not, kicking and screaming. And she just had to say, look, I want to set some boundaries. I have one life and I'd like to live it the way I want to. Um, So Courtney says that when Kim and Chloe were ganging up on her, she was like, God, this feels so awful. And at one point, Kim, and I think this happened on the show, um, came to Courtney with like uh, viewers market research that they had done about how they didn't really want Courtney to be on the show. (laughs) But then it talks about how like now she's ready. Now Courtney's ready to be on the show. She's ready to film. She's really found this balance. She's so happy. She's not the girl that we've seen on the show. Um, in the later seasons, Chris says that she's more like the earlier seasons of Courtney of, uh, keeping up version of Courtney, which, you know, wasn't a whole lot more exciting than the later seasons. It's just that she had Scott, but let, anyway, I digress. So, <laughs> um, here's the question that you guys personally have been asking me, which is what the fuck is going to be the difference between Kardashians on Hulu and keeping up with the Kardashians on E and well, Courtney has decided to give us a little preview of what we might be getting. You guys ready? Hold on to your hats, sit down, whatever you need to do. Um, yeah, J- just guard, gird your loins, if you will. I feel like I have things to show, Courtney says proudly. The things that she want to show include getting pizza with her kids at Disneyland 
and wearing matching pajamas with them at home. Right now, I'm actually working a lot more than I have on Poosh, which means that there will be more Poosh scenes on the new Kardashians when it appears, and more of the content from Kardashian's life that inspires some of the Poosh posts. One recent example? An Ayurvedic cleanse that included a sex fast. Oh my god, it was crazy, Courtney says, of the brief of briefly foregoing orgasms. But it actually made everything better. Like, if you can't have caffeine when you have your first matcha, it's so good. So, if you guys are ready to see Courtney in some um, Disney adult-themed pajamas and um, not having an orgasm, Kardashians on Hulu is going to be for you. (laughs) What? This is what they have to say? (laughs) We have nothing, you guys. Oh, what were they thinking? Uh, What were they thinking? (laughs) This is going to be so bad. I just want to end with one last thing that I found very telling um, with regards to Poosh. One point in the article, it says... While Kardashian admits that her own life may seem quote-unquote unreachable for most, the target reader of Poosh, she says, is someone new to adulting. Someone who, like Kardashian after graduating from the University of Arizona with a degree in costume design, isn't quite sure what they would do with their life. This, to me, felt like, okay, we're going to get in on the ground level of um, what it is that women think that they should be doing as adults and as women out there in the universe. And we're going to make them spend a ton of money on stupid shit uh, because they don't know any better. Right. (laughs) Like like this is what I'm hearing. I um, saw a, a recipe for something matcha on her she like tweeted about it and this was just a couple days ago i looked at the recipe and it was supposed to be one of those like diy whatever the hell and it was like you're gonna need organic beetroot from your local organic farmer's market um make sure you get it in this like the the ingredients were so specific (laughs) And like unreachable. And this is one like, okay, she's obviously going for like the 22 year olds who think that you need to have a, uh, an electric tea kettle in your bedroom so that you can make fresh herbal teas in the morning. Like that, that sort of vibe. Cause she has one <laughs> scammer scammer. Okay. Um, ooh. I'm going to have to talk about the Kardashians on Hulu and I'm not looking forward to not even a little bit anyway something that we can look forward to is that i was blessed to speak to uh nor from the reality is podcast about the love is blind reunion so what you're going to be hearing after that will be a little recap of of that episode wow 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 okay uh yeah thank you guys so much for listening thank me for speaking love you Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi. Every woman here is beautiful. I think you're all beautiful. I'm not attracted to all of you. Unfortunately, the only one I'm attracted to is Vanessa. And, it, oh you know, gosh. and I wish I wasn't. And I wish I wasn't. The, the point is, it's not a choice. And I've done nothing but berate you this entire time. That's a messed up relationship. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't you guys, you loved my recap of season two. So I had to come back with a Love is Blind reunion recap. Couldn't do it by myself, of course. So I was joined by the incredible Nor, the co-host of the The Reality Is podcast. Hello. Hi. How are so you? Excited. I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. It's an unseason- unseasonably warm day in yeah. the East Coast right now. I'm, I'm sweating and I can't tell if it's because I'm so excited to talk to you or that I'm nervous to talk to you or it's the weather. <laughs> I'm Don't sweating like like Nick on his wedding day right now. <laughs> <laughs> so did you catch up on all of season two over the course of like the last few days? Um, Yeah, it's psychotic. I finished the entire no. season two on one Sunday. <laughs> I think that's kind of ideal, though, like just to get wrapped up in the whole universe of it all. Like, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I you know, I was convinced like so I was in I was at a wedding like a couple of weeks ago and uh we all took some gummies at the end of the night and went to like a Denny's Mm -hmm. and I remember having this conversation with the people I was there with and then I remember waking up and like wondering if that was like a fever dream or like was I just really high what happened (laughs) and it was somebody was explaining to me the premise of love is blind and I was like wait a minute they go into pods and they don't see each- what? And then I was like, well, I, I must figure out if that was a dream or not. And then I watched it and I was like, I have to finish this in one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, that's how it really sinks its teeth into you. Like you have to do it. Yeah. Um. So what is your just general feeling about the show as a whole? Okay. It's so fucking stupid but I love it like I so I finished season one in a day and then I was like what am I gonna do until the reunion why I I, god forbid have to wait five days so then I watched all of season one and the reunion and the two years (laughs) after the altar and I was like what a journey you know I love the I don't know how they're gonna do it with this season but with season one I love that like every new bunch of episodes that was released you got like a new perspective on a person like by the Mm -hmm. end of it I was like fuck Amber and Barnett right like yeah justice for Jessica poor Jessica right she was (laughs) wacky but like Mark may have been worse so I love that I love that it's like you're you watch it and you're like are these good people bad people and then even with season two you know, Shane, initially I was like, fuck this fucking Shane guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they're hanging out and he, like, meets her, Natalie's family, I was like, you know, he's not a bad guy. Like, even when yeah. Shake is like, oh, Deep D seems like a family member, Shane is like, well, have you done anything about it? Like, have you done anything to, like, cross over yeah. to the physical stuff? He seems so reasonable. 
Yeah, he has a surprising amount of emotional intelligence. (laughs) Yes. And then the wedding day happens. And I'm like, what? Right. It's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation with him. You know, there's like that gif of like, if you ever are on Facebook or like Twitter and you want to just respond to somebody about like a gif describing Coke. Uh-huh. There's a gif of like a panda bear rolling around in powder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I imagine Shane did the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's really like, I've never seen somebody so like, if he could like peel himself and Kool-Aid man himself out of his skin, he would. Like how <laughs> like anxious. I don't know how he lives that way. <laughs> I felt bad because, like, I was tweeting about it and I, like, made a couple of, like, funny Instagram stories about how he's just, like, he he can't sit still. Like, he's worse than my kids. I mean, when he's at the altar, he really looks like my kid waiting in line with me at, like, the post office. Like, he just cannot, like, stand still. And I felt bad because then a couple of people were like, well, maybe it's, like, you know, he has, like, Tourette's or something. And I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, and I'm so easily convinced by the internet that I'm a monster. I'm like, (laughs) oh, no. Yeah, fuck. Like, here I go. You know, the Tourette's community is not going to like that. Like, shakes us about the veteran, the veterinarian (laughs) community. So I felt bad. But then I was, like, re-watching it. Last night I went to a friend's place and I convinced her to put on Love is Blind because I was like, you need to watch the show. And then I was watching the first episode with her and I was like, no, no, like he's, he was coach to the nines. Like, yeah. <laughs> Go was, on over to TikTok. Those are going to be your kind of people there. They all agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with you as well. I'm a TikTok person. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the, the reunion. <laughs> they claim that there was no like color coordination happening, but I, like, how many people dress in red and blue? Where it was do you so get many... a velvet, like, red suit from, Jarrett? Right. <laughs> I mean, as a Chicagoan, I could I could point you in the direction of several places. But, <laughs> yeah, it's a fair question. <laughs> it's a fair question, though, for real. Um, so the first thing that comes out of anybody's mouth is, unfortunately something that comes out of Shake's mouth, which is that he is worried about the editing, which is like just classic code for, I can't handle what I did on television and I'm trying to get ahead of the story. God, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him more than Jax Taylor. Which is yeah. like saying a lot. Like It is. It is. <laughs> I, I can't really even put a pick like a fingerprint or whatever on who I found like more openly loathsome I oh he just irks in like every possible way yeah and he's doing like so I grew up in Jersey and I went to Rutgers and we have like a huge South Asian population here and like Shake really reminded me of so many douchey like like they see South Asian guys that I knew just going to college who would like Mm -hmm. pretend to be nice and then like you know talk shit about the girl they were hooking up with and then when they got caught they would just try to like gaslight and then it was always a mixture of I'm so embarrassed at what I did like it's clear that Shake is embarrassed at what he did there is a part of him that is like the small brown boy who has to like go back to his mom who's like you are a dumb fuck right Mm -hmm. and so he's embarrassed but then 
he's so fucking stubborn that he's trying to do this thing of like, oh yeah, make me the villain, you guys. Everybody, the show needs a villain, and I'm the yeah. villain. Like, no, fuck you. You're clearly like you're you're not owning one part of it. Like that's the thing. Like he wants to say, oh, I'm the villain, but then he also wants to play that. But I was edited to be the villain. Like no, you're yeah, you, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. And it it can't be two things at the same time. Um, I, you know, regrettably have to quote Bethany when she says, like, you can't be smart and stupid at the same time. (laughs) Like, it's absolutely true. Um, It's possibly her best quote. (laughs) It really is. It's so, like, it's definitely better than the one from about Ukraine. Did you see that? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, being a a Humanian and not, like, not a Ukrainian, like, what? What even was that? She deleted it, thank God. But, uh, yeah, Shake is really, it's, it's, like, difficult to see somebody who hates themselves so much. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's also like not my problem, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Why does everybody have to be punished for like what happened? To, like, that's not how it works. It's definitely like a hurt people, hurt people situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's like, you know, you got to grow up, and we have to take ownership for it. Um, people obviously dug up his yearbook photos, and to no surprise, he is uh, definitely heavier than he is now. And oh, wow. you know that I think can tell a story. And point to some insecurities. Definitely, uh, you know, is the he wouldn't have been able to pick himself up for a concert, you know. <laughs> we'll put it that. <laughs> we'll put it that way. And it, you know, it says a lot. It says a lot. Yeah, you know, it's so it's like so deeply troubling to watch a person like this, especially when you can identify in your own personal life, like seven guys that you know that are just like this. And mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, people that I ha- probably associate with multiple times a year, because yeah. like from the from a cultural perspective, the, the thing about Shake that drives me crazy is he wants to act like I'm this like westernized liberal. I love blondes. And snow and like everything America, you know, like I'm so cool and Western. So he wants to like play that card. But Mm -hmm. the way that he navigates the whole dating thing and even the way he's navigating love is blind is like extremely ass backwards and like, like just swimming in patriarchy, like swimming in like misogyny. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's, um, we kind of talked about this with love is blind in general, but there's amongst the South Asians in America and probably first generation and maybe now second generation people that are like in their twenties and thirties, there is a sort of like romanticizing of arranged marriages that's happened Mm -hmm. within like our subculture. And I think that happens because so many people are now removed from arranged marriages because most people's parents don't have arranged marriages. Most people's siblings don't have arranged marriages. Like the idea of an arranged marriage is really something that like our grandparents did. So there's something really beautiful about, oh, my grandparents, you know, only met each other the day of their wedding and they managed to be married for like 60 years and they had this beautiful immigrant family. Like, yeah, it sounds wonderful, but like, we're not talking about, you probably didn't know how miserable your grandmother was or your grandfather was like, you have no idea. And and so I think that there's something attractive to deep the end shake about like, well, the Western dating didn't work. So let me try the, the way that our, you know, ancestors did it. And mm-hmm. so they want to do that. But shakes idea of what he wants is still 
a white chick. Like he still wants a white girl, but he wants to have an arranged marriage to a white girl. And he wants to be able to like fuck the girl that he's about to have an arranged marriage with. Like, it's just, it's such a clusterfuck of ideas in his mind. But a lot of it is kind of based in how back in the day they used to like pair people up. It would be like, oh, a guy would say, um, you know, I like fair skinned girls who are thin. Mm-hmm. And somebody would find him a fair-skinned girl who was thin, and they would right. never think about the emotional connection. It would just be like, here's a woman. She's yeah. your woman now. Yeah. And, like, Shake kind of is navigating it that way. And it just, it just drives me crazy because you can't, he kept saying, he kept saying, I keeps it real. And I wanted to just <laughs> punch him in the face. For so many reasons, right? So, oh, my God. It's just, <laughs> there's just so much about him that is frustrating because I know unfortunately that there are men who are going to watch him and be like but you know he kind of has a point oh for sure he's truly like two stops from incel and it's really (laughs) scary and like he I think there's a lot of like um things that we could talk about like within his community but also this is like sort of like an a generalized misogyny across a lot of men especially men that have issues with their own race like this happens in the black community in the asian community like you know so many where the thing that i think upset me the most is he took dt's sexuality away from her by comparing her to his aunt or his mother and that i think was like a universal theme of like oh i don't know why but like you can't see your race the women within your race of as like sexually desirable, you just see them as like caretakers mm-hmm. or something. And it's just so like, ugh, it's really gross. Yeah. It's disgusting. And yeah. it's also confusing because he like f- two hand grabbed her butt and told her yeah. that he's going to put a baby in her. Yeah. And they were so hot and heavy. Like, up to that first night in Mexico and then like what shifted? I don't know. It Something like, and it obviously wasn't her, but like something happened. Yeah. I think that what happened is that he saw <clears throat> other people that were on the show and then was <clears throat> like, Oh, uh Oh, like I didn't get the hot girl. I got this other girl. And I don't know. He's such a mess. Like he's just, he's so frustrating. And I think what's, especially frustrating about him uh, among all the other things I said is that he he's he's like you know like it's like the Trump thing like he just wants to be spoken about even if it's not spoken of well he doesn't care about decency he cares more about relevance and that's the thing that he's gonna love is like oh well love is blind too was amazing because of me I'm the one that made the season Mm -hmm. it's like a very Jax Taylor mentality of like this is my show you know yeah it's like it was so sad to watch and it was so sad or not even sad it was like gratifying as an audience viewer to see how openly and unabashedly the rest of the cast hated him (laughs) (laughs) like you could tell that they were sick of his shit and have been for a long time and they didn't hold back on that. So we'll definitely get into that. But um, the first thing that they really talk about was shame and well, they tried to, I have to say that I've never seen or heard a like straight man call out another straight man for gaslighting women the way that Nick Lachey did to Shane about Natalie. And I found that honestly, like I had to pause for a second just to take that moment in because I've clearly never seen it. 
<laughs> yeah, because I also think that, like, societally, men are at the point where if a woman calls them out for gaslighting, they're really like, oh, there goes that woman again calling me out for gaslighting. We're, but right. it's, like, received differently when a man is like, no, dude, you are actually gaslighting. Yeah. So I did appreciate that. Good for you, obviously, Lachey. He, he really earned his check in that moment. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Everything culminated for that moment. And I was grateful. I really was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens after that? Shake decides to interrupt by <laughs> giving what he thinks are the rules of the show. Love is blind. Let's just reiterate that the show is called Love is Blind. Love is Blind. And that the, it's supposed to culminate in weddings. Okay. So he says that the point of the show is not for marriage, but it's for love. Okay. You didn't do either of those, but also everybody was like, did you read the contract when you signed up for the show? Cause we all did. We all know that these are the rules. And Shake is like, you're right. Like, he just wants attention. He's like, well, yeah, like, no, I mean, those are the rules. But it's like, I just had, like, a different opinion. And that I took something different from it. And that's reasonable. And it's like, well, that's Shake. Like, everybody sees yeah. the same picture except for you. But we're all supposed to just accept your version of the events because that's what you said. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're the loudest in the room and that now we should all agree with what you agree with. I mean, Nick is a little bitch. If anybody's a little bitch girl, it's Nick. He yeah. loves to gossip. But the fact that even Nick had to like get in there and tell him like, shut the fuck up. Like not everybody sees things the way that you do, dude, like shut up. I really yeah. appreciated that. Yeah. When, when Shake was like, yeah, the point of the show is to find love. And Nick was like, yeah, as long as she can sit on your shoulders, like, ooh, burn. <laughs> I, I, he really did that. Um, I didn't really care about the whole Shayna and Kyle of it all, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. get some LASIK, get some contacts. I don't know what Shayna's doing. Um, I saw on TikTok, somebody was like, you know, you don't have to squint to hear somebody, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand her. Why is she always squinting? Because I noticed that even in the pods, she's always squinting. And I'm like, you literally can't see anyone. Truly. Um, she was wearing her best, like, red jumpsuit from the Ivanka Trump collection. Oh, like- girl. <laughs> <laughs> she's had that on subscribe and save she gets she's on like a what is that like a she's got like a monthly service where they send her a right. new Ivanka outfit <laughs> Ivanka box <laughs> <That's really funny>. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she does say something that I thought was very stupid which is first she accuses Kyle of trying to manipulate her into getting married by giving her his mom's ring or his grandmother's ring mm-hmm. but then she says that she's not a victim so which one is it? She's a mess is what she is. I don't think yeah. she realizes that what she needs. But at the same time, I have to say, <laughs> I don't, I wasn't sure what else Kyle wanted from her because by yeah. the end she was like, I apologize. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have said yes. It was all right. fucked up, whatever. And Kyle is still like waiting for something. And Kyle's like, you wasted my time. I'm like, bro, it's a six week show. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You got to go to Mexico for free. Like, what are right. you mad about? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. I, at some point, it's like, you just have to accept what she's giving you. And like, you're not gonna get, you can't even describe what it is that you want. And like, she, you can't expect somebody else to give it to you. Um, Then we get to the segment about Ayana and Jarrett. And Vanessa says something about like, you know, I um was Nick's second wife. And so you know, that's our story. And I couldn't imagine it any other way. I'm like, that's not the same thing. Like him getting a divorce (laughs) 
and entering into a different marriage is not the same as like Jarrett proposing to somebody, getting rejected, and then proposing to you. Like, I love yeah. love and I'm happy for you guys, but like, that's not the same thing, girl. Yeah. First of all, say her fucking name. It's Jessica Simpson. Okay, Vanessa? <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the first <laughs> on her name? First of all. <laughs> Second, secondly, like... It it would it would be the same Vanessa if if Jessica left Nick and right. then Nick like tucked his tail between his legs and then went to you and by the way you were both married at the same time like that right. is, that is the equivalent right <laughs> I mean I guess what I get what she was saying which is that like you can't always knock the journey that you're on to find yeah. your person and in right. I think you guys talked about it like um on your recap of the episode of the whole season which is that like in the real world that makes sense that you would be talking to two people at the same time and then maybe pick one person to have a long-term relationship with because mm-hmm. the other person is not as interested in you as you are as them that right. makes sense in the real world I think in this place they just kind of feel pressured to like just do the thing like they're me and they're together like I just I can't believe that it's so fun the funniest part of the whole show to me is when they're always like you know it's been so long and I've gotten so close to you and I spent so much I'm like you spent like a lunch and learn with this person like that is what you did it's not what like you are at max like a convention at work like Uh (laughs) how much time are you spent and they're always like I can't believe it all happened like so quickly and they always show like day two i'm like yeah right. <laughs> like, yeah constantly on married at first sight they're like we really need to get back on track from our wedding and it's like you're on day two of your honeymoon this is like three days ago that you're talking about like <laughs> on track. what do you mean <laughs> okay you really convinced me with your recaps to start watching that stupid show because <laughs> I'm like against it because you know of like growing up and there's being so much stigma of being bullied about like your parents probably had an arranged marriage or whatever and so I'm like annoyed about it but then I'm also like these people sound like dumb fucks and I need to watch these they are you gotta get eyes on them just just one episode just try it (laughs) (laughs) um I did give uh Ayana several points for saying that like with regard to Mallory she didn't have any ill feelings towards her because like with that conversation about the gold ring like he was committed to her Mm -hmm. Mallory was not committed to Ayana so like you know that was really Jarrett's responsibility to like rein that whole conversation in which I agreed with yeah I think it's funny that they focus so much during this season on like Ayana kind of being a little bit immature and feeling like very strongly about exes and stuff Mm -hmm. and then at the same time her actually being like chill as fuck about most of it like she did say it hurt her to watch it and it was upsetting but she seemed like the most logical person there (laughs) yeah she seems to you know kind of like Shane have a lot of emotional intelligence (laughs) yeah and I yeah. have to give it to her. I really do. Um, speaking of Mallory, Sal, was he giving you Eddie Judge? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I just said that his hairline, I haven't seen a hairline that thick since Teresa Judice. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't get the way he, like, combs it. I don't know yeah. what's going on with his hair. I realize that it's his hair that is so bothersome to me. Um <laughs> He, I was annoyed. I don't like Sal. I know everybody like thought that he I was like either. such a sweet guy. There's something um toxic positivity with him. He seems like the kind of person that like 
if you got into a fight, like, and he did that with Mallory, where if he didn't like something that she did, instead of actually talking to her about what she did that upset him, he would instead give like very romantic gestures and try to coax that information out of her rather than addressing the issue. And then instead bring it up like five days later because he was just like stewing. He, he just, he gave me the heebie-jeebies the entire season. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like Shake in that, like, I always say, like, capital N, capital G, nice guys, where there's, like, there's that whole, like, sheen of it. But Sal was, like, seething with anger the whole time. (laughs) And I hated the, like, well, we'll get into it later, but, like, he just... There was, there's, there's a darkness to it. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. prefer Shane because I know what I... He, he'll tell you, you know, yeah. you might not make it, but it's out there. <laughs> yeah, agreed. There's something just sinister about a guy who won't say anything. I, I find him very weird. I don't like Mallory either. So they're really a non-factor for me that I don't want to talk about. Basically, she says that they met for coffee after the uh, show and they decided it wasn't going to work to the surprise of absolutely nobody because there was no chemistry between them. There was never any chemistry there. I was surprised that they even had sex. Like, and honestly, now I'm thinking, I'm not sure if they really did. Uh, Yeah. She was like, even the way she talked about it in Mexico, she was like, yeah, I might have to go to the pharmacy. I was like, what does that mean? Do you need a plan B or a pregnancy test? I'm not sure what that means. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need a multivitamin? Like, (laughs) multivitamin. There's a lot of things you could get. Are you looking for a Ferrero Rocher? What do you want at the pharmacy? Um, Sal goes on to say that, like, he doesn't want to air out anybody's dirty laundry. And he basically keeps, like, threatening Mallory with, like, whatever this mysterious thing that she did was that we never find out. And, yeah, I mean, whatever. Shake tries to take the wheel again. And he's like, you know, um, I just think that, like, uh, Sal, you didn't like this. And like Mallory, you didn't like the stuff with the ex-girlfriend. And sh- uh, Shane is like, they just said they didn't want to talk about this. So why are you bringing it up? And <laughs> Shake accuses everybody of being fake as fuck and that he's the only real one. Um, and that they all came on the show for the wrong reasons. And Shake keeps it a hundred. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Clearly at this point he needs attention. So Nick Lachey is just like, okay, well, let's just get to your segment since you won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he, he starts talking about how like, you know, preferences, I can't apologize for having my preferences. And, you know, they play the clip of him asking various women if they're fat and how they're fat, uh, what size clothes they wear. Um, and then Shake tries to make an analogy and say that marriage is the ultimate purchase that you have to read the fine print for, like his Tesla, I'm sure. And that he wanted this to work more than anything. But like, you know, um, you know, there are other factors. And he says something so vile about like how physically a woman would have at least had to have been in the ballpark for him, like attractiveness wise, which is like. I wanted to punch him right through his forehead. I like the idea of like, she was so disgusting. Like you guys couldn't even get somebody in the ballpark of, of attractiveness for me. Like it was that bottom of the barrel for you. Like, fuck you. Yeah. He says something later when he's talking about Shana and Kyle, because he also interrupts a lot there. He says something like, Oh, Shana, you just said yes, because you wanted to stay on the show, which I don't necessarily disagree with. But then I I was like, 
oh, that's why you proposed to Deepthi because you wanted to yep. stay on the show. Yeah, Perpetual need to be seen as like a good person, which is why he was, oh, speaking of another TikTok of a guy who was at Shake and Deepthi's wedding, who was like, you know, that thing of like, when you're in a, a public or, you know, a situation where that is extremely awkward. And like, <laughs> he said that he wanted to be like the uh, the Homer Simpson into the... <laughs> into the bush gif of just like it was so bad i wanted to die i could not say like i didn't understand shake's uh energy of like being like hey let's party like whatever he said it was very weird the vibes were off (laughs) i knew that that wedding wasn't going to happen immediately because of the amount of people that were there Mm. if you know any south asian person and you've even uh, like gone to a first birthday party we roll with like 200 people minimum yeah (laughs) so this idea that it would just be like a couple of his friends and like only her parents and siblings and literally nobody else Mm -hmm. I was like this is never gonna happen because we would never have a wedding like that it's just so silly (laughs) they were down to the skeleton crew (laughs) yeah I think like one of the other brown guys from the um from the experiment were was present his name is Hasib, and he was mm-hmm. i only noticed because he's clearly pakistani and he was part of the original pods mm-hmm. he was there and he was the only he was also wearing south asian clothes so i noticed him because he had like a right. cool shirt on. but that was it i was like that's not that wedding's never happening that is really insightful i <laughs> yeah i didn't even i just figured like shake doesn't have any south south asian friends <laughs> Also a possibility, but Deepthi yeah. would, right? So it was like right. Deepthi's definitely not interested. <laughs> very fair, very fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happens? He says something like, "Oh, you know, if there was a big weight discrepancy, I wouldn't be able to get past that." Which is like, obviously, we know that about you. Um, and like, I wanted to be able to. Okay, well, you didn't, and you're acting like an absolute monster. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just like I'm I'm. Again, I'm just leaning towards you just wanted to be on TV as long as possible and you just want to be relevant and you want the clout. Like, that's all it is. You just want because, I mean, I'm sure you know this. It, it's it's always the reality TV to to Instagram influencer pipeline. Oh, yeah. It's like solid, right? Yeah. Like, that's essentially what all these people wanted. But some of them, I think, maybe did. Like, I do think Natalie was looking for a real relationship. I do think Deepthi was looking for a real relationship. But, like, a lot of people are on these shows just to get the followers on Instagram. So I think that's all Shake really wanted to do was, like... And he, I think that he's such a douchebag and he's probably friends with other douchebags that he thought, like, he could, like, bro it up with somebody like Shane and be like, bro, I'm not attracted to her at all. And Shane would be like, oh, yeah, well, fuck right. her anyway. Like, yep. He didn't get that because the other guys weren't complete scumbags. So I I loved that moment where he was like, oh, yeah, like trying to tell them and like thinking he had a friend in like his misogyny and then being like, (laughs) oh, okay, Uh, that's really weird, guy. Like, have you considered being a good person? No. Okay. Um. What happens after that? Oh, so then Nick Lachey takes, well, no, first of all, Vanessa gets pissed off. Yeah. And she's like, Shake, I think you signed up for the wrong show. And, you know, like, God forbid something happens, you end up with a partner who gains weight or is disfigured, gets in a car accident. And Shake's like, well, it's different. She's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and 
you know, she gets up, starts to get like actually pretty upset. Like, God forbid if anything happens to me, I hope Nick and I know that Nick wouldn't leave me. And um, then Nick takes the wheel because she really like they start getting nasty with each other. And he says, well, just sounds like what Shake was looking for was like something more in the conventional dating world. So like, why are you here? Because yeah. this is not it. <laughs> and yeah. um, he then says that like for him, love is not purely blind. And Vanessa's like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say don't go on a show called love is blind if looks matter to you that much and he tries to say that like maybe love should be blurry or whatever yeah yeah and then <laughs> ultimately like just own it like either own the whole thing own the whole fucking thing just say you know what i tried to do this thing but i'm doubling down on being the guy who asked if i can put somebody on my shoulder like that yeah. is the, actually the person that i am i've had no growth this is just who i am these are my preferences that's it but for you to dance around and say oh you know i think everybody's beautiful i'm just not attracted to you da -da. he said that he was attracted to vanessa and i think that's what really pissed nick off like no you're not yeah. gonna fucking talk about my wife that way right <laughs> yeah. and it was so like cuck behavior <laughs> Like, you're the only one I'm really attracted to, Vanessa. Like, all of you guys are beautiful, but, like, I'm not physically attracted to anybody. She's like, yeah, and I've been mean to you this whole time. Like, that's really weird. Yeah. Like, yeah I know. <laughs> I think, so, I believe that there is a, a, an inner child in Shake, a little chubby brown boy with a faint mustache who <laughs> had an accent and had, you know, pungent food. And I'm saying this as a chubby brown kid with a faint mustache who had <laughs> pungent food. And he was made fun of by these white people and white yeah. kids. And he was berated by women that he thought were very, very attractive. And now I truly believe that that is a kink for him. I think that he, mm -hmm. I said his love language is being colonized because <laughs> what else? Why else are you yeah. like jonesing for like Vanessa to berate you I don't understand and not just Vanessa also Nick like he loves it right. he seems like he likes to like he likes the thrill of the chase and like the girl who's hard to get because like then that makes him more of a man if he gets her or something like I don't know it he really needs a lot of therapy mm -hmm. um then I I Shake tries to say that, like, we're just animals, <laughs> and Nick gets the line of the century. He's like, actually, we're humans, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not animals, and you know what? Like, you don't you treat people like, whatever. He said something stupid. It was... <laughs> he said, he said, oh, I see why you treat animals and not humans, right? right? <laughs> and then that's when Shake is like, no, bro, Nick, that's not gonna go over well with the veterinarian community. I'm like, Nope. What? <laughs> Somebody go to like Reddit, yeah. Reddit slash vet and find out what they're right. saying. <laughs> the, the newest post on the Washington Post is going to be like a uh, veterinarian community goes after um, former 98 degrees. <laughs> current host of Love is Blind, Nick Lachey. <laughs> goes after Jessica Simpson's ex-husband. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, the former new newlywed star um is getting attacked by the veterinarian community. Like, sir, he really thought that he did something with that. And that's like the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, 
I like can't even get mad at you. This is actually embarrassing. Like I'm that <laughs> uh, and weird. I can't. Um here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. At that point, Ayana is like, you know what? I feel like you should maybe think about seeing a psychologist on how to navigate dating, navigate the dating world as a narcissist. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. That was iconic. Um, Shake says, well, well, I guess I'm the villain and, and Deep D's the goddess. And like, I'm the villain. She's the goddess. I'm the villain. She's the goddess. And everybody's like, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you even talking about? And Deep D's like, yeah, like, I get it. It's perfectly normal. If you weren't attracted to me, that's fine. But like, the way you went about it yeah. was horrible. And like, Natalie's disgusted. And she's saying that they all know stuff that Shake has said off camera that's like way worse than what he said on camera and like i can't even imagine how much worse it was. like what does that even mean yeah one roll the receipts okay tell me say it okay don't just allude to these things okay we're around a reality tv show here i need you to right. tell me what was said but mention also somebody yeah mention it all Somebody on Reddit, I think they said there was like a producer that didn't ask me anything. And they said that Shake, Shake said something like about how much like loose skin Deep D had from losing all that weight. Ugh. And he was like making fun of it. And I was just like, you are a real motherfucker, aren't you? Truly. Wow. He hates everything about himself. And it's so sad. <laughs> yes, because homie has loose skin. It's the first thing I noticed. One week. Yeah. Met, met them in Mexico. I was like, oh, damn, you don't even have a tight body. <laughs> right. uh, he's a true monster. And like, honestly, I think the veterinarian board may, might need to strip his license. <laughs> I don't think he should be around animals. That's not so fair. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Former <laughs> puppy doc. <laughs> um, then what? I don't know. Shake's hair looked really dry. And I think we should talk about that. <laughs> It looked really, really dry. Like it needed a deep oil treatment. And that's what you get. A lack of protein for being such a fuckboy. Yeah. And when they panned to the, like, behind the couch, he also has a little bit of um, a little baldy poo happening in the mm-hmm. back of his head. So, mm-hmm. you know, karma will get you somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Came for William. It's coming for Prince Harry, too. <laughs> Um, what happens after that? Oh, there was another Kyle and Shayna moment that I, uh, 
you know, I zoned out, but he does say that like they were more connected than what we saw on the show. Uh, Shayna says that God was a huge factor for her. No, it wasn't. No. Um, <laughs> she says she should have never said yes. And it was just a people pleasing moment. And honestly, I think the biggest shocker of the episode was Kyle was like, yeah, I should have tried a lot harder for DT. Yeah. It turns out the Twitters told me today, I don't know, somebody did an article with Deepthi, and she said that when she was in the pod, she had to make a decision between Kyle and Deepthi because they were actually very close. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, Kyle and Shake because they were really close. And so yeah. she ended up going for Shake, and that was a big regret. So I was like, all right, well, I guess they're going to be together. What do you think about Kyle's um, piercings? I don't. I don't want to talk um, so, <laughs> oh, um, there's ring in his nose that's cute <laughs> i think he's calling attention to an already not great situation and i, <laughs> I personally wouldn't do that if I, were him. <laughs> I know you called him like a hobbit but like he was giving me like a cute like an edgy like a hobbit from williamsburg you know <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure um he definitely looks like taylor lautner um yeah yeah and and taylor doesn't do it for me it's no a little um and that makes sense because kyle looks like a hammerhead um so <laughs> uh what happened after that yeah i mean i don't think that kyle and deep d are together but i would have liked to see that like wouldn't you have found it very interesting to see like two people that could have picked other people and how poorly their choices could have gone. Like that would have been interesting to me. That would have been fantastic. I would love to see, you know how they had like two years after the altar. I would love to see like a six months after the reunion and then give me the footage of them talking in pods. I want more pod time. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to have to need more of that. I I agree. I want to see more one-on-one interactions with people. Yeah. Because it was a little like, excuse me, um, you know, like American Idol, the first couple episodes where it's like they do the bad auditions real. They just like go one bad singer after mm-hmm. the other. And it's like, yeah, that's funny for a second. But like, I want more substance. Not that yeah. I watch American <laughs> God forbid. Um, you know, I think I agree. I agree with you. I also am still really annoyed with the fact that like they really roll out all this like diversity in the very beginning of the yes. episode, of the show, and then you're like never see. They're like show a bunch of plus size women that are like you know people have really judged me. Or I feel like my body, my my physical appearance, like held me back in the dating world, or whatever. And it's almost like Love Is Blind was like, and it's gonna hold you back this time, like. <laughs> We're not going to help you, sis. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I saw the teaser trailer for it, and it was just, like, one after another. And it was supposed to lead you to believe that, like, this was the cast that we were going to get. And it did feature a few, like, larger-sized women. And so I'm thinking, oh, let's do this. But then it's just like, oh, well, okay, everybody else um, just so happens to look like a Gap model. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny how that happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, what happens after that? Uh, oh, um, Shake, the benevolent queen, um, <laughs> gives his gratitude for being able to facilitate oh. and Kyle. Like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he had to make every moment about himself. It was absurd. Truly. 
the last segment was really the Shane and Natalie segment, how they got into a fight the night before the wedding. And she says that like, there was just a lot of pressure. He had been drinking and he definitely regrets what he said. And, uh, that he has to like be better about not being reactive in certain situations. And then Natalie starts to get emotional and says that like, she knows that Shane regrets what he said, but it's still upsetting because that was the night that changed everything for them. And it's like, well, maybe it needed to be. Yeah. Also again, what was said? Okay. I need to know what was said. Cause the way she's like getting emotional and upset about it. I was like, did he call you a slur? Like what? Yeah. It couldn't have just been that he said, I hate you. You're the worst thing that's ever happened to me, which is also really horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did get the sense that like throughout the the season that, you know, Shane's love language clearly is like words of affirmation. He's obsessed with somebody being sweet to him. That was like a big thing for him. Even like the very first episode, he's like, I love compliments. Like, like nobody compliments anybody anymore. And like, he loves compliments. And Natalie being like, you know, it's kind of like an Asian thing. Like South Asians are the same where we are very, like, we just don't, we're not very like lovey-dovey affirmative people because it's just not really part of the culture. And I know like a lot of my more, like my East Asian friends are even more so. So I get where Natalie was, where she was like, I don't know, I'm just like awkward. Like I just make jokes and all that kind of stuff instead. I think it must have just come to a head there where she poked too hard and he was like, I've had enough and I can't deal with this anymore. But I believe that they were doing coke in Dorit's bathroom because (laughs) why else? Why else would would he behave that way at the altar the next day? And then also again at the reunion. Like, yeah. And also at the reunion, like, when she gets emotional and she's like saying like, I just want you to know, like, I never want you to think that it was that you don't think that like that. I think that you're not enough. You were always enough. You're more than enough. Like Mm -hmm. she tries to like really, and she's picking her words carefully. She says, I'm sorry that I made you feel. And then she says, I'm sorry that that happened. I'm sorry. I said things that hurt you. Like she really takes accountability for the things that she said, but his reaction being like, Oh, well, like, you know, you're just like making me out to be like a bad guy. And like, so far, like, I just look like a bad guy. He only is concerned about how he came off looking like a piece of shit at the end because she was super emotional and upset about the things that he said. And yeah, I agree. He, she, yeah. Like you said, like the way she was responding to me, but like he kept demanding her to take some ownership of what happened that night. But like, what I took from her response is that she didn't really feel like she did anything, but she still yeah. is like taking something on because she, I don't, I'm not really sure why. Yeah. He's like, I think also seeing him behave that way, the way he was on the couch must've really made her feel like, Oh, Holy fuck. Like, I wonder if she feels like maybe she's the reason that she's like, led him to, I don't know, like, do a bunch of coke the night before like I was getting the sense that she could see his erratic behavior and she was getting emotional about the fact that she couldn't help him and that she was maybe feeling like she's a reason why he is behaving this way yeah Mm -hmm. it was very sad guilt there I I feel for her and I hope she figures it out she says that they tried to date again and that she was just so hurt because of that conversation that like she just couldn't get past it so 
I don't know. I, I feel for her. Um, they seem like they still really love each other, which is, you know, okay. <laughs> it's very perplexing. Again, it's like, it's literally six weeks. It's six weeks. Of the six weeks, 10 of those days are spent not seeing each other face to face. Yeah. And you're talking to other people. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How yeah. can you love somebody like that? And I guess maybe there's something to say about, like, that feeling like, wow, I could have spent the rest of my life with this person. But, like, mama, that could have just been, like, a long vacation in, like, Europe. Like, it's like you backpacked with a bunch <laughs> of people and you hooked up with somebody at a hostel, and that person happened to be at another hostel later on that summer. And like you, this is it. You know what? It's actually equivalent to like summer camp hookups. I was literally was like, I'm waiting for yeah. Summer camp rules were like everything's so intense and accelerated, but then <laughs> once you get out of it, you're like, oh, there's like a whole real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So exactly. yeah. It's- it's very, very strange. Um, Nick does ask them if he feels like it was really that one night that changed everything. And Natalie was like, I just don't really like to think about it like that. And Shane agrees. Then it gets really weird when uh, somebody asks if Shane and Shana have hung out since the experiment. And Shane, like, shuts down. I like to say, like, you know how when you put a costume on a puppy sometimes and they're just like, I don't. <laughs> Like, I just, like, (laughs) and they just look so sad. Like, he just, it was very weird. And Shayna was like, I don't know why he's acting like this. It's so weird. Nothing happened. But he was definitely acting like something happened. It was strange. It was was really weird. And Shayna immediately was like, whoa, whoa, you're making this really fucking weird. Like, I don't know. But I think, again, I think Shane was getting so upset because Shane doesn't want the world to think that he's like a two-timer or a cheater or something like that. Again, I think he was just obsessed with the world thinking that he's a bad guy, which is very Shake-like. But in general, I did get the sense from all the men on the couch, except for the married men. Is that, and I and I I noticed this also in season one, the men on Love Is Blind are only concerned about how their actions make them look to the rest of the world, whereas mm-hmm. the women on Love Is Blind are always thinking like, did I do something to make somebody else feel bad? And I think like right. that's kind of men and women in general, like women yeah. are more self-reflective and just concerned about how they affect the world, whereas men are mostly just concerned about people. And their opinions about them, but like the victims of it, they're never the cause of it. And that's what I got again from Shane and Shana. And that's what I felt like he was trying to like, be like, I don't even want to talk about it because it's going to make him sound like he's like some sort of a cheater. And then he also posted on um, Instagram, like, I just want to clear up. I've never been, nor will I ever be in any type of relationship with Shana. I was like, wow. Mm. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, the episode ends with like Jarrett and Ayana because they're like the golden couple. He just says that they've had a roller coaster of a relationship, but like they're fine. He wouldn't want to be on the ride with anybody else. And mm. that was basically it. I mean, they're fine. Nick and Danielle barely got any screen time <laughs> like, whatsoever. They're like, oh, are you guys still here? You guys okay? All right, cool. Um, yeah, we got like a weird like Blair Witch Trial like Cloverfield home video from Danielle. Yeah. It gave me motion sickness. I didn't like it. It was a little too fast, a little too focused on the rock band of it all. So much um, rock band. 
um, yeah, that was about it. Did you have any final thoughts? I want to know, are you going to watch the ultimatum? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could take that on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny because as they're explaining the premise of the show, they cut to everybody on the stage and Mallory makes his face like, are you fucking kidding me? Mallory <laughs> doesn't want to be there. The spa- yeah. the gap on the couch between Mallory and Shayna, one uh, confirmed for me what I believe to be true about Shayna and her family. And Oh, you could just go through her follows and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just the Ivanka box that she's <laughs> subscribed to. But also, like, well, they're cutting to the other cast members out there explaining. And Danielle and Nick kind of make this face like, oh, wow, this sounds crazy, right? And I also saw this look in, like, in Nick's eyes that was, like, he almost, like, he realized suddenly that he had been part of this like reality TV show the whole yeah. time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, this is probably how ridiculous our premise sounds. Right. <laughs> like when he gets to the edge of the bubble of the Truman show, like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> he What's found the door. <laughs> he found the door. <laughs> oh gosh. Um well thank you so much for doing this with me. Tell everybody where they can find your podcasts and yeah. etc. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much <laughs> for letting me come on here and talk about it. Um, we are everywhere um, at the reality is pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find us everywhere. Podcasts are heard. And we also have a Patreon, uh, just patreon.com slash the reality is pod. Perfect. Well, you have a great day and we'll talk yeah. soon. Yes. Thanks guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>